Welcome to Coaching Confidential, a podcast by baseball coaches as we bring you inside the game. The podcast will take you behind the scenes in college and minor league baseball. Lou Bernardi and George Carroll were college teammates and went on to play and coach on the next level. Bernardi has coached at the Division 1, 2, and 3 levels and is currently the pitching coach at the United States Merchant Marine Academy. Carroll went on to play professionally and is now a catching coach in the minor leagues. Here are your hosts, Lou Bernardi and George Carroll. George, what's going on, brother? How's it going? Going good, Lou. How you doing? Nah, it's good to be back. I love talking baseball. Um, you know, it's been a crazy week going on with MLB and everything going on and programs shutting down and leagues coming to an end. It's, it's, it's been very adventure, adventurous, to say the least, on, on uh, baseball on all fronts, from high school to college to professional, even down to Little League. It's, it's, it's really something else. And, you know, George, we, we've had a lot of different players and a lot of guests come on the show and we get a ton of questions, and we get a ton of questions from high school players and high school coaches. That seems to be, like, our main target audience right now. So, you know, I think tonight's show, and I know you brought you have a really close friend of yours coming on tonight, very well-respected coach, and I'll let you introduce him in a moment. But I would love to really dive in tonight, and let's talk about – we're all coaches right now. We're, we, we're all former players, and you're coaching at the professional level – you know, I, I just got my 10th year certificate of college coaching in the mail the other day. Um, let's talk about what it takes to build a team culture. Let's talk about something that, again, won't, you won't ever see on a scouting report. No player can do this in a showcase and get scouted for it, really. You know, there's no metric. There's no analytics behind this. Let's talk about team culture. Let's talk about um, the recipe for success. And, and let's really dive into that tonight. Well, so tonight we have one of my uh, really good friends, uh, Nelson North, Coach North. And I, I've known Coach North for about five years now, him and his son Brady, who coaches with the Rays. Uh, Coach North is, has become family to me. Um, he's really, really well respected in the, in the high school and college communities around here, especially in the Tampa Bay area. Um, he's a wealth of knowledge. Any opportunity I get a chance to sit down and talk to him, um, even if it's just for a laugh, uh, he's one of the best in the business. So, uh, Coach North's with us today. So, Coach, what's going on, man? Hey, how are you, how are you guys doing? Doing good. Um, so, Nelly, can you go into your coaching background just a little bit to kind of give you, uh, the people an idea? Of uh, yeah, where you I come did. From? Like, uh, about 20 years of college coaching. I started at Belmont University in Tennessee. Then I went to Cumberland University, both NAIA programs. Uh, then I went to the University of Tampa, where we won a national championship. Um, then after that, I finished my college career at the University of South Florida, a D1 program. And after that, uh, I settled down here in Tampa. I coached Tampa and University of Tampa and USF for 13 years, and we decided to stay here and make this home. And uh, I am now the head coach at Gaither High School. Uh, Gaither, 2016 state champions, correct, that, Coach? That is correct. That is correct. So one of the things I want to ask. So one of the things I want to ask you is, you know, how do you how do you create a winning culture? How do you continuously win? And and you know, just what's the recipe for success? Well, uh, number one, I mean, good good players make good coaches, and good players obviously uh, impact. Uh, winning and, and the culture. Okay. So, you know, whether it's in college uh, or in high school and, you know, you're recruiting or picking the right players that kind of fit your program. I think every coach needs to uh, have an idea of, of the program they want to run and have the ability to, you know, assess, um, you know, what they have, what they need, um, and you build from there. Um, I think the first thing, and, and, you know, I've been very fortunate to be around a lot of good players, a lot of good coaches that, um, you know, I've learned a lot from, but, uh, I think the main key, number one, I mean, it, it sounds almost elementary, but I, I, we've always created a handbook and I, I've used the same handbook at the university of Tampa, the university of South Florida, and now at Gaither. Um, and that, that handbook, that it's kind of like our, I don't want to call it a Bible, but it's, 
it's it's number one it's black and white it 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 outlines our philosophies you know our rules and so forth and it's it's something that's ingrained in into the team that um you know you know like they all have a copy they all sign a contract that they've read it and then there's no mistaking on what what you're trying to achieve what your goals are and so forth um and with that whether it's your best player or your your or a bench player those rules that philosophy um you know is is stone it's 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 what you go with and when you have that you know year after year um you know it's the old adage that the clubhouse kind of runs itself so i think that's the first step in in building a culture is to have uh that foundation of your philosophy and your rules and your goals yeah well, i got a question about that sorry uh lou i got i got one question for you coach um how yeah. how um how specific are these goals how specific are these rules is there any gray area? I know you said black and white, but is there any gray, any type of gray area? There's, there's no gray area. Okay, so, all right, let's just start with goals. Uh, I'm, I'm, um, I'm a believer. Uh, again, here we go back to what I believe in and setting this, this foundation. You know, so for, for college, uh, it's a national championship. You know, that's, that's the goal. End of story. Uh, you know, you can go from a conference champions to a, uh, a regional champion. But the bottom line is that's got to be the goal, uh, to be the last team playing and to win that game um, or that series. But it, 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 that's got to be the goal. I don't think there's any uh, gray in that. Um, you know, you can, you can, you know, get to, through the regionals and get to the states or get to the, the national championship. If you lose, you can say it was a good season, but it's, it wasn't the goal. If you don't have the ultimate goal as your focus, I think that that's, uh, I think, mistake number one in many programs. And I don't care if you're really rebuilding. I think you have to put that into the culture, into the clubhouse, into the team that you want. Uh, you know, this, is, this is it, gentlemen. This is, this is what we're going to work every day for. And, you know, we, we mention it every day, you know, so it's, um, it's, it's kind of like asking Santa Claus for that, that, that Tonka truck, that that's the one thing you want, or that, that one video game that you want, or, or the, the system, but that's what you want. And, uh, you know, hopefully you get it. Uh, that's good but, stuff, coach. That's good stuff. And we got Nelson North here. For everybody who's listening right now, I'm head baseball coach at Gaither High School down in Florida. I loved what you said about discipline because obviously I'm at a military service academy, one of the five federal service academies in the country. So discipline and structure and foundation are essentially our way of life. So I think it, whether whether it's baseball or, or tennis or any sport in between, um, the the model is is very easily tra translated to every team. I think it's anything in life, having that, that, that handbook. Um, really, it's not even just a baseball program. That's keys to success more than anything else. And, you know, one of the things that we say, and, and, and I know you touched up on it, um, whether you're the best player or the bench player, um, if you don't discipline the star, you have no discipline. And I think, that's, exactly. I think that goes without saying. Um, but I, I have a question for you. You, you, you talk about winning, and obviously you, 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 your track record speaks for itself, and um, you've won everywhere you are, right? High school, college, NAIA, and, and it's really great. Between the three of us, I think we check every single box baseball has to offer, from Major League Baseball to T-ball, which is pretty cool. Um, you're the first one with the NAIA experience, so that definitely checks another box. But assuming you're working with a 15U travel team, Okay, is your win is winning at at all costs, or that theory of winning is the expectation? Is does does that change? Where do you think? At what point in your career, I guess my question is: Did you did you outline this and say 
The goal is to win, and anything less than that is a great season, like you said, but not meeting our goal. Where do you think that should start? Obviously, it can be at the high school varsity level, but should that be a middle school or 12U amateur um, goal or expectation? Well, I think that I, I, I believe that winning is a habit, and I think that um, you have to create the culture that you are playing, practicing, uh, training to win. Um, you know, one of the problems I think in baseball today is that some of these um, travel ball and so forth become more of a showcase for individual talent. And I think the team aspect is lost. And I see that. I, I didn't see it, obviously, through, you know, when I was in college. But when I got to the high school ranks, you know, you see kids that are, you know, very much about themselves and you know um you know your goal example let's just say i'm in high school or you're coaching high school and you have a very good player he's draftable well that guy just needs to go help the team win and you know if his if his tools and his abilities are there he will get drafted um so in in that setting in a younger setting i think you know, it's, it's, it's identifying what is the championship, you know, is, is it the, is it the league championship that you're going for? You know, I think that's what the first thing the coaches have to understand, what is the ultimate prize here with this team? And, you know, like I say, okay, so you, you don't make it to the championship game, you know, and you get knocked out. Well, then you have to address your team and you have to point out, um, you know, what a good season this was and what, 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 what would we needed to, to win that game or to get to the final game and be able to identify that with those players um, as a team, you know, and you're not going to say that, you know, George blew the game because he let a ball, you know, pass ball, you know, it's not that it's, it's the ability to, to pinpoint what the goal is and then how you're going to try to achieve it and as a team. And I think that when you get into a situation with younger kids, I still think you have to have that mentality of let's try to win this championship. That's our goal, uh, guys. And, you know, how, as they're progressing toward that goal, they're getting better as a team as, and obviously individuals. And, um, you know, if, if, if George gets better at blocking to help the team versus George getting better blocking because he wants to get drafted. Um, I believe that he'll become a better blocker of the ball as a catcher. Um, if he's trying to help the team, if he's, if I tell George, listen, um, you know, Brady's pitching today, you know, that he bounces a bunch of curveballs and he's a little wild. I need you. I need you on your A game, you know, to help him to make him a better pitcher. Well, in doing so, he, George has made himself a better catcher. And I think if, we, if you have that team attitude uh, and, and goals, I think that's where you start the, the culture. And I don't think, I, I think you know, I don't, I don't think you can be too young to, to, to want to win. Uh, I, I really don't. I think at eight years old, you should want to go win the game. Not, you know, um, get the, the, you know, the cupcake at the end of the game, I think we should try to win the game. Obviously, I don't even think you should get a cupcake if you lose the game, but I'm a little different. <laughs> uh, that, that, that's <laughs> a problem with, with right society. With that's, listen, you're talking to two of the right people here. You know, that I, I think we're actually hindering development and, and, and we're, um, we're not creating the, the future leaders of tomorrow with some of the stuff that goes on in amateur and youth athletics. But, you, you know, from what you've seen, is it fair to say that because of the showcase style and everyone acting as, as themselves and um, that the overall baseball IQ has gone down across the board? Oh, absolutely. They, 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 you know, when I was recruiting, uh, you know, so this was ended in 2008. Uh, one of, I, you know, there's tools, you know, arm and speed and, you know, uh, hit for average, hit for power. You know, you've got all those tools there. 
they're listed and that's what the major league scouts are looking at those tools. But I always, I had like a six tool, like, you know, baseball IQ, you know, the, 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 the middle infielder that's always in the right position, you know, always in the right cut mode that has that feel for the game, you know, that can, that are, that's can see the ball out of the pitcher's hand and, you know, take a little, uh, you know, a step, a half a step to his left because he can see that pitches away. And I think that when you're just out there and you're catching a fly ball off a of fungo and now you're going to get underneath it, time it, and throw it to the plate so you can see how fast you throw uh, and, you know, what kind of arm. And, you know, when it sails over the catcher's head and it's inaccurate, but, the you know, the dad's over there, just let it go, son. You know, I mean, I think that's a, a real problem. Um, you know, a pitcher that's just trying to pitch to a gun, uh, you know, I, you know, I've never seen a gun. I mean, we all know that there's, I mean, George sees it every day. There's guys throwing 98 miles an hour that never make it to the big leagues. Um, why is that? You know, so I, I, I do agree with what you just said. I think that the, the, there's a, this, this showcase mentality has put the focus solely on the player and taken it away from the team. And that's been my biggest challenge actually entering high school was to, 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 you know, my first year, I just was, I couldn't believe it. I mean, no one can bunt, no one can, you know, move a runner. No one even knew what moving a runner over was, um, you know, very few anyway. And then to do it. And, so, you know, I mean, Albert Pujols moved runners over uh, in the big leagues. I mean, you know, he would move runners over. Um, and I, I think that that's a real important facet that we all as coaches and the game of baseball need to address. Um, uh, but you know, I, I, going back to this winning culture, I think that, you know, if you, if you want a winning culture, then you have to, you have to set a goal to win and the ultimate prize. And along the way, whether you're drafted or you get that D1 scholarship or you're going to go play college ball or whatever, that, that's the byproduct of you trying to help a team win. And I think that um, if baseball were to kind of focus a little bit more on t the game, the team, um, I, think, I think the whole game of baseball would be in a much better place today. So, so, Coach, I know this from a fact. The best of – you and I, we do a lot of baseball factory stuff and losing yeah. a couple of baseball factory things as well. One of the best events that I ever worked um, was with you guys. When I actually ran an event when we were in Vero Beach. And right. we went through the first day <clears throat> and we looked at the itinerary that, that was handed down to us from, you know, above. whoever wrote the damn itinerary. Yeah, from above. And we looked at it and we said, this is horseshit. We need to fix something. And for us to be – working a job where we're just getting paid. We're not getting paid more. We're not getting paid less for our performance. Um, I remember then that day, the next day, that night we sat in a room. It was uh, you, myself, uh, Brady, uh, uh, one of your assistant coaches, Zach Reese, and I think Rob Marcello, uh, two of us coaching pro ball. You have had experience up the yin yang. Um, Zach has, has learned everything he can from you. And we literally said, how can we get, these kids to be better and we literally spent three hours drinking a couple coca-colas trying to figure out mm -hmm. how to rip up the itinerary and and um and make a better experience for the kids and it wasn't necessarily teaching them how to win but it was teaching them the right way to play baseball and i know how passionate you are for the game of baseball so do you think there's something missing amongst the youth coaching that that we can do better like what, what can we do better like we looked at the itinerary we said screw this shit Let's, let's do something that's really actually going to help these kids versus doing 21 outs or this, that, and the other thing. Well, okay, so just that. I mean, I think too many people are trying to reinvent the wheel. This is a very old game. And, you know, I mean, when's the last time you seen, saw some people play Pepper? You know, Pepper Never. Does, so, does so much for you. I mean, it does so much for you. Uh, it's easy. It's fun. It's competitive. Um, and you are doing things with that glove or with that bat um, and, and, and just controlling the barrel. I mean, so much. And I think that the fundamentals, uh, the repetition, um, 
is probably the thing that's lacking the most. I mean, you're talking about these teams and you may have a core, let's just say here in Tampa, and they're going to bring in a couple guys from Miami and a kid from Georgia to come play on the team. So maybe they bring in, you call them ringers or whatever, five guys that have never practiced with the team, put them in a uniform and then you go play. So I think that one of the things that's lacking is quality practice. Um, I think something that's lacking is coaches that are dads and this, and, you know, it, they're coaching for free. But if you don't know what you're talking about, say nothing. You know, it's better for a kid to just tell him to hit the ball um, than to try to get his elbow up and do this and this and turn him into a pretzel, make him into a robot. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, if I was the, I guess, the king of, of, of amateur baseball, uh, you know, I think every coach would have to get certified uh, with, you know, coaches that are getting paid to teach them. You know, they're, they're getting money from a league, and every coach has to be there for this, you know, Saturday-Sunday clinic. Um, and, you know, I actually did in Franklin, Tennessee, uh, one of the things I didn't mention, I owned a company called Baseball Dynamics. In Franklin, Tennessee, this, the Franklin Little League hired me to do these clinics. Um, and the only thing I asked is that, you know, on the last day, I want your umpire association to be there. And I, and I literally put into effect for this entire league that, okay, so you're eight, you're, it, was, it was called, the, you know, the B League you know, eight-year-olds, they're just in. The strike zone was huge, very big strike zone. So pitchers were throwing more strikes. Pitchers were becoming more confident. Hitters were swinging more because they were strikes, so they're making more contact. They're making more contact. Fielders are having a chance to field the ball and so forth. And when you went to the A, the strike zone got a little bit smaller. So the pitchers had to be a little bit you know, have a little bit more command. Um, the game got better. And then as you went up to 13 years old, you know, I was a big proponent of a 13-year-old league having a 70-foot, 75-foot base path, smaller diamond for one year to make the transition because they were going from 60 to 90, which is a huge transition. And I think we lose a lot of kids in that range. So for what you're talking about is I think that if we could do more about teaching the fundamentals and when I, when I, when I'm, I'm serious, when I'm talking about, you know, you know, out in front of the ball and the tripod position ball out in front of you, not between your legs, you know, bending, getting your ass down for ground balls, fly balls, getting behind it, you know, making the window and closing the window and catching that ball using, you know, for practice, maybe, uh, incredibles where, you know, if it hits them in the forehead, you know, practice isn't over for them. They just pick it up and try again. And teaching those basic fundamentals at that age and the fundamentals and what we did, we made a, a little handbook for every age group, for every, the B squad, the A and so forth. They had a handbook of fundamentals and we went over them. We taught them to the coaches and then they went out and, and taught what was in the book and nothing more, nothing less. Um, and that league was phenomenal. I mean, you know, obviously I went back to see it and I was asked to come back and watch some games at every level. Um, and it, 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 it was a great thing. And it was just one league in Tennessee. And I always thought that if you did this, I went to a little league practice the other day and what I saw was absolutely just, horrific you know you got guys in there doing one arm drills with hitters and these kids are you know they're you know third to fifth grade and you know they're, they're stepping in the bucket they're not rotating they're not doing anything right but you know they can take one out you know one hand and try to bunt it and and you know the throwing uh you know the, their feet weren't even right you know i mean and here they are in fifth grade these kids are 11 12 years old and they're still not doing things properly and, you know, so when, when that kid gets to high school, where is he going to be? You know, he's probably going to get cut. 
Why? Not because he probably wasn't good, because fundamentally he's not sound. And, you know, unless you're a coach that can see the athleticism, that can see the promise, uh, you know, maybe that's it for the kid. Maybe he gets cut freshman year and he, 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 you know, sells his glove and bat and never plays again, which will be kind of sad. Right. It, it almost becomes counterproductive, some of these practices. And, you know, these coaches are trying to do the right thing. And George and I, we, we, we spoke one night, um, an entire show, on just running a quality and efficient practice. Um, I do have one more question for you, though. Uh, Coach Nelson North here again from Geither High School down in Florida. You, you, you keep bringing up the word um, – you keep bringing up the word handbook, right? Um, who's yeah. in the room? Who's in the room – when this handbook, when this manual, because essentially, again, what, what we're trying to create here is that culture of that, that, that to instill winning um, expectations. Who's in the room deciding what goes in that book? And then how do you guys, whether you were at Tampa or what you're doing now in Florida, um, how do you then dictate, okay, what is in that manual to the players? And do the players have – any say in what's in there? Players have no say. This was written in at the University of Tampa by myself and Terry Rupp. And when I tell you it was probably 12 days in the making, probably probably close to 50 hours worth of work. Every, every word was scrutinized, every phrase. And... Um, it was so good, you know, it obviously won a national championship there. And uh, when I went to USF, I brought it and we implemented it, obviously changed it from the University of Tampa to the University of South Florida. Uh, you know, some of the travel things, some of the things, you know, because you know, we were on planes and things, but, you know, it was, it's every detail of the program. It's, it's very concise. The first page is the philosophy. Uh, you know, I can't, you know, I, I, well, I probably could recite the whole thing, but key points for me were, you know, you, 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 know, you have to be a student athlete. Uh, you know, kids in high school, but in college, you have to be a student athlete. If you're not a student, they're not going to let you be an athlete. Um, you, you, you'd have the thing about uh, respect, um, respect to all involved and, and everyone that you come in contact with. So once you start teaching respect and making them practice it and, and making them accountable to be respectful, um, you know, it, it goes down to from, you know, I'll say the lunch ladies to the person that checks you out at the uh, grocery store, um, could be the friend that's behind McDonald's, you know, making money at night and you're coming in and get a burger, you'd be respectful to that person. Um, to umpires, to the other team, to your teammates, to your coaches, so the respect. Um, there's things that teammates never criticize, they only encourage. Uh, coaches criticize. Coaches will take care of that. So you'll get an atmosphere like, you know, you're going to get a whack on the butt, a whack on the ass. Hey, come on, keep up. You know, uh, you know you're, 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 you're a little flat today. You know, and, and once those teammates, instead of bowing up and saying, you know, kiss my ass, take care of yourself, they take it. And over time, you know, my first year at Gaither, you know, was we, we, we lost some people to that, you know, uh, you know, consequences are written out first time as coaches club, you know, that could be some running. Uh, if we run a kid for some reason for being late or for whatever, they're said, okay, Hey, you're going to, we're going to, we're going to run you a little bit here. Do you know why? Yeah, I was late. Okay. Uh, here you go. When we're done with that running, which will be, you know, pretty vigorous, um, you know, you, you know why you did that. Yeah, I was late. And so now hopefully he'll never be late again. He doesn't want to do that again. So when he goes into the locker room, you know, what happened? Oh, yeah, it was, it's not fun, boys. You don't want to be late. So then that starts to create that type of culture and and that kid understands why he did it. Second offense is a suspension from games, from practices, from teams. Could be, um, could be poor grades. I mean, George knows I've had people up in my office, up in the press box doing homework while their team are practicing. And, uh, you know, 
you know, get with it. You know, I don't want to see you up here again. And, you know, I mean, I'll go halfway through practice, jump up there and see how he's doing. And, you know, and when they start to see that you care about them, and I think that's the other thing you have to understand with this handbook. It's all for the benefit of the player and the team. That's what the whole handbook is for. And once they understand that you believe in that handbook and you're going to uphold that handbook, they start to believe in the handbook and they start to uphold it and they start making their teammates uphold it. And George can tell you right now, you could walk into my clubhouse in September when we get back to baseball and all those guys that are coming back, the new guys, they'll, they'll have the team meeting. They'll hear the handbook. They'll sign the contract, but they're going to say, yeah, don't mess up. Don't do that. You know, and, and pretty soon your, 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 your clubhouse is, you know, your locker room is policing itself and that's how you do this. And then, you know, George will tell you above the door, you know, we just have a state championship, you know, it begins right here and, you know, you get guys and it's kind of corny, but they'll slap it or whatever, but they see it every day. I start every practice, you know, why we're doing this is to win a state championship. So you need to be better and so forth. Um, you know, I, I think the whole thing about coaches today, especially in high school with a time limit, even in college, you don't have time to coach effort. You can't coach effort anymore. You know, you don't have time for it. So you, you, that's that from day one, that's expected that you give maximum effort. That's expected. Now, not, not, not taught. That's expected. And what happens, you see kids start to realize that they can do more that their effort level on their own, without being a coach yelling at them, they can do more. If a coach in my program now has to stop because someone's giving poor effort, they're, they're, they're probably asked to leave that practice uh, immediately. And, uh, you know, if they come back the next day, this never happens again. And things like that. And, you know, it sounds, you know, you talk about the military, but if you breed that, uh, and you cultivate that. Um, I have found that kids want discipline. I think it's lacking at home nowadays, not every household, obviously, but I think overall there's a lack of discipline. I think there's uh, too many parents that want to be uh, their kids' friends instead of their parent. And, you know, I think they want it. I think they want that discipline. Um, and I think they actually gravitate toward it, to be honest with you. I mean, it's, 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 I, I see it every year. You know, you can see the beginning of the year and you can see the end of the year. And, um, you know, it's, it's, we were six and one before COVID and we had not played a good baseball game. I could ask every player, uh, you know, how was that last season? We played seven games. We lost one. What, you know, we won six though. How was the season? None of them are going to say they were good. None of them will say, oh, we were kicking butt. You know, they found a way to win, you know, or maybe that team lost the game and we ended up winning it. But the point is, I think they – I have made my team aware of what is real what's, – what's the reality of the situation every day. And I think that is so important in, in cultivating a winning culture um, every day. And, and, and it's just becomes a habit. And like I, like I said at the beginning, I don't think you're too young to learn how to win and want to win, you know? Um, you know, Brady will tell you, I mean, the day he beat me in basketball in the driveway was a big day for him. But, you know, he was old. I mean, we, we went at it hard uh, for a long time. I didn't let him win. And uh, because I wanted to win. When he beat me, he beat me. And, you know, I, I think that's important. I think all of that is very, very important in, in, in life. Um, I think the military is probably the greatest example of team there is on the planet. I think military is exactly what you want on a team. It's, it's um, one, one cog is out of this and it could cause cost lives. And, um, you know, George can tell you, I have every flag, in, including the Merchant Marine, because I want all my kids to realize that that he does that is that is discipline. 
that is accountability. Um, and, and, and I say some of these kids that are, you know, honoring these flags and working for these flags right now are younger than you. And um, so if they can do it, you can do it. And how privileged you are to be able to be playing baseball today. And when you go through things like that, I think it's very, very important. It's very powerful. Um, and deep down, I think that's what I think that's what today's baseball player is yearning for. They just don't get it. See, one of my favorite awesome things, stuff. Coach. Coach, yeah. one of my favorite things that you. By the way, one of your players who wasn't really being recruited ended up starting your national ended up starting your state championship game that, that we got to go to, to uh, lose and eyes alma mater, New York Tech, yeah. DJ Massick, which was just a testament of, of development in your program. And one of my favorite things that you guys do is in the fall, how how you structure your fall program and you allow every kid to have an opportunity to make the team. It's not just a one day trial. It's it's a it's a week, it's a month, it's two months. That's no, one of my favorite things that you do. What we do at Gaither is that we'll have tryouts. We have a, a, a I don't even call it, a, I, don't, I hate junior varsity. So we call it the futures team and the varsity team because they are the future. Um, and the futures team, which you could call kind of a JV team, uh, you can only be a freshman or a sophomore. Your junior year, if you've played those years and you come up, that fall, that you, get, you, you are on the varsity for the entire fall. And that way, you know, if you have a one-day tryout, this guy, this is everything to this. I mean, this kid's been working, and the nerves are just, you know, coming out of his ears. And, he, you know, he's been hitting and hitting and hitting, and he feels great, but now he can't touch a ball. He's so nervous, he can't even see it leave the VP guy's hand. Um, and I don't like that. I, 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 you know, and I think there's been players that have been lost uh, because of a one-day tryout. So we do do that. Uh, and then our fall, now here's something that you might, winning, and I tell them this from the beginning, winning is not our goal in the fall. Because the fall, there's nothing to win. We can win a game. I want to win every game. But we're going to try to win every game, but this is how we're going to do it. Uh, Johnny's our you know, projected starting shortstop. He's going to play the first four innings, and then Billy is going to play the next three. And then the next game – Billy's going to start and go four, and the starter's going to play the last three. And we just bebop around the whole fall that way where we're just playing. Um, I'm, I'm not a big fan of how Florida sets up or Hillsborough County sets up because we have to have a schedule so we can use the fields, our own fields, believe it or not. But So we have to play these fall games against other teams, but I got half my team sitting on a bench. And the other half playing. So we flip-flop them. So everyone plays. Pitchers are throwing an inning, two innings max throughout the fall. Um, you know, they could have, you know, a no-hitter through two and they're coming out. You know, I mean, you're, you're, you're coming out of the game. And they know it beforehand. So, again, in the fall, I have set all the parameters of what's going to happen. Now, once that goes through in December, uh, you know, from my college days, you have – exit interviews <clears throat> and and I tell them in December this is what you're going to do you aren't going to make the team you're a junior I'm sorry the road has ended for you here at Gaither or you are a sophomore that we had up here but I'm going to put you back down on the futures team you know be ready if someone gets hurt blah 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 so we have those exit interviews and they do and I end up with my team for the spring now that team from the last meeting of the right before Christmas break, we have a team meeting and we give them what they need to do for the break to stay in shape. We have a maintenance program that they have to follow and they have to be ready day one when we come back to school uh, because that's when we will start our, our road to the, the state championship. So, you know, for Christmas, that's what they should be asking for a state championship and the, 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 the will to get it. Um, one of the things that we talk about a lot in our program is earning and deserving the success that we desire. And um, I think that's a very powerful sentence, uh, earning and deserving. I want you to deserve the success that you have. 
and uh, you know, deserving means what you feel. I, I deserved starting. I deserved uh, you know, winning. I deserve this. And if you do that as a team, I think that's kind of, that's in our handbook as well. But, um, you know, the pride in everything we do, uh, enthusiastic in everything we do, these are all in our philosophies. And, you know, it's just accountability for that every day. And once you get that, usually the team, the team will take care of the kid that's not that enthusiastic this day, or the, the guy that doesn't seem like it has a lot of pride that day. And, you know, the coaches really don't have to handle it anymore. And um, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing to watch. Nelly, last thing I want to ask you real quick before we wrap this up. Um, my favorite thing that you do is the preseason, is the gray, the black, the white, and the blue. Championship challenge. Can you talk about that quick? Uh, yeah, Zach Ruiz is our strength conditioning coach. And, um, you know, it's something that Ole Miss did where I went to school and played. And um, – my favorite story is about your old Miss Bo Jackson story. Oh, yeah. Well, we don't know. That's, we're not going to put that on the podcast. Um, no, anyway, absolutely not. <laughs> my, my, the championship challenge is something that's really great. So in Florida, we have a start date. So we come back from school, we can only condition. So we can condition arms so they can throw a little bit. You know, condition the hands and wrists. You can take a little BP in the cage. But mostly it's running. And instead of just having them come out and, okay, go, go, go. We're going to do polls today. We're doing sprints today. We came up with this championship challenge, which is uh, one week, six days of all kinds of competitiveness. It's all competing. And your team is broken down into four groups. We have a Navy, a gray, a white, and a black team. And your team is put on one of those. You know, they're, they're separated. They are against each other all week. Uh, from, you know, Frisbee football to we, we did fungo golf to a, the tire flips to the pipe pushes to, oh, God, I mean, plate carries. I mean, it's, 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 it's grueling. It's, it's, it's you're, you're exhausted. I mean, people are drinking pickle juice because they're getting cramps. It's, it's, and they're together. And, um they're working against each other and they get points for every victory of every event. And there's probably about five events a day. Um, you know, it can start in the weight room and we'll do towel holds and it's just great. I mean, but the bottom line is that what's magical about it is the last day is, you know, the obstacle course and, and it starts out on the track and they're going to do, you know, two laps and then they go, you know, around the track, up the stadium, they're doing stadiums, come down, they come around the track, they go up and down the stadiums again, they'll come back in and they have a plate push. They got a, a plate carry. They've got um, just all kinds of things. These obstacles, there's hurdles, there's over and unders, there's all kinds of things. You get the point, but at the end, they hit the left field line. There is a, carry there where they have to move uh, this giant pile of sandbags uh, from this circle to that circle and then back to this circle. So the next team that comes and they're on a clock and it's amazing, but you know, the first team will go and you know, it's not head to head, it's staggered, but it, they don't care about the time anymore. They really don't care who won. They, all are exhausted and they're waiting at home plate and this team is there. And then the next team comes and pretty soon there's three teams at home plate and here comes the last team and they're cheering for the people they've been competing with all week. They're cheering to run faster, go, go, go. And then it's just, I mean, it's almost emotional. Um, you can see, and, and, and there's almost like a dog pile and they're exhausted. They need water. They need Gatorade. They need rest. They, and they're just together. And, um, you know, that ends it. And usually we'll have Sunday off. And then when we come back Monday, they are, they're a team. And it's, a, it's an amazing thing. Um, but, again, that's that team building through competition against each other. Um, and then, you know, the winning team throughout the week, 
uh, that accumulates the most points throughout the week. Um, you know, we have a bat and their name, you know, the four names are put engraved in the bat and then it's put in a glass case up in the press box and that year. So forever, you know, to the, the 2019, you know, blue team won and there they were. And there's a, there's a tremendous amount of pride of winning that. And uh, again, I go back to, you know, you, you asked about winning culture. Um, it starts with a coach directing them to what the end goal is. And that's the only goal that we strive for. It's the only goal that we work for every day, every day, every practice. You know, I've been blessed with covered cages. Uh, so if it's raining, you know, there's no phone calls. Hey, coach, are we going to practice? It's pouring. They all know they come running through the rain and they get in the locker room. They know they're going to practice no matter what, every day. Uh, we're going to do something to try to win a state championship. And um, that's, that's how it's done. Awesome. That's awesome stuff, coach. And great insight, really from start to finish there you know, from practices. And what I loved about what you just said with that championship challenge, most of that stuff was not even baseball related, but, but the, the larger, the, the, the theory behind it, the reasoning behind what you're doing is to create that balance and the discipline, the structure, um, expectations of winning, uh, tremendous advice. I know I learned a lot today from you. Um, thank you so much for some of that insight from somebody who's done it on various levels the highest levels of Division One and Two in the NAIA um, and the state championship high school baseball coach down in Florida. So truly grateful stuff. We truly appreciate you being on tonight, George. You want to wrap us up? Yeah, Nelly, appreciate everything. You know, I learned I learn from you all the time, and uh, you know, you're like family to me, and I appreciate everything you do and the fact that you allow me to be part of your program whenever I have the opportunity means you know means the world to me. Um, so I appreciate everything. Uh, everything you got. And that, uh, let me, let me add one last thing before we sign off. You know, you just said something you learned from me. I learned from you. We learned from Brady. We learned from each other. Uh, you know, um, I, I, I could spend, you know, three hours out on my porch having some soft drinks with all you got, you, you, the two of you. And, and what we would learn, I would love to know more about military and, coaching in a military institution. But I think that's the other thing. Coaches need to not have any egos. Um, you know, uh, I'm, I've been a very, very, I guess, accomplished pitching coach. I've had many players. I've watched them on TV after, you know, I've had them and playing in the big leagues. And, um, you know, I have players here that will go for pitching lessons on my team. And, you know, if that's what makes him good, if that's what he feels, um, then you have to allow that. If this, if this guy resonates with him and he's pitching good, then you got to let him, you got to let him go. And I think that's something that we all need to be open-minded that as coaches, we need to learn something every day. You can learn things from players. You can learn things from watching the practice you can see that this is not working and, you know, you may never do that again. Um, you know, because it's not, it can't be that this is my drill and it works and you're doing it. If it's not working, you have to have the, uh, I guess the humbleness to say, you know, Hey, this isn't right. Uh, we all, we, we said it, I think at the beginning, we all make mistakes in coaching and we make mistakes on the field and you, you better be open uh, to change and, and, and adapting to who you're coaching and um, listening to assistant coaches, other coaches, anyone you come in contact with. I mean, this podcast thing you do is, is phenomenal. I mean, you're going to reach so many people that will do this. And if they only get one idea out of this, just one idea that makes them better, whether it's deserving success or you, you don't have time to coach effort. Um, you know, one of those sayings or one of those things resonates with you and you put it into thing, you're, you're, you've become a better coach and then you've made your team better. And I think that's one thing that we all 
in this profession, coaching, um, whether it's the eight-year-olds or the college guys. I mean, you have to be open to learning and open to listen. Um, you know, it, it's true. We learn so much from each other. Um, I mean, the, the baseball factory, you, you know, the only reason I go is because, you know, we, these guys, I mean, we have a lot of laughs, but you learn a lot. You hear yeah. different things. So I think that's something I'd like to make sure that the podcast hears because it, I think it's really important that you have, as a coach, be very humble and um, have no ego. Awesome. Great way to end it. Thanks again, Coach. Thanks, Nelly. You're very welcome. Good luck, guys. Hey, we're going to have you back on, so we got to talk Anytime. There. Anytime. <laughs> Great job there with Coach North. Gave us some real good inside information on the college and high school front and building a championship caliber winning program and the culture from top to bottom. George, what do you think of it? Well, Nelly's, like I said, he's, he's become family since I moved there. Him and his son and, and you know, his wife and his other daughter and his daughter. Um, he believes in what he says and it, nothing but respect between him and his players and his staff. And, and like he's, he was talking about, if one kid doesn't follow and obey what, what the rest of the team wants, they're gone, whether you're the best player or the worst player. So he really does create a culture within his program. You know, 2016 state championship, they've had, you know, one of their biggest alumni is the manager for the race, you know, so uh, Kevin Cash. So, you know, there's a lot of good people that come out of that program and he's nothing but, you know, nothing but the best. Yeah. No, it was a great, great insight. Great show. Once again, George, we'll be back. Thanks everybody for, for tuning in. Um, until next time, Coaching Confidential here with George Carroll and Lou Bernardi. Checking out. Good job, guys. Thank you. Later, Lou. Thanks for listening, and make sure to subscribe and leave a rating for our podcast and check back for the next episode of Coaching Confidential.